Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi everyone, it's Shannon Drew from Millwall Lionesses. I would just like to say a huge, huge thank you to Actor Millwall Podcast and all of its listeners for all of your outstanding support so far and letting us come on your show to discuss how our skills are doing. Let's win that league for you. You're listening to Acton Millwall, broadcasting from beautiful South Germany. Except no substitutes. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you are keeping well and safe in uh, the current climate. Welcome back to Millwall Acton Lionesses. I am your host, Ryan Loftus. With me, as ever, is one Michael Avery. How are you, Michael? Very well, thank you, Mr. Loftus. As you, uh, as you say, we don't know what's around the corner, but... If there is the chance that we might have to spend a few more days indoors, we thought we'd record another Acton Lionesses for you listeners. Yeah, you know, football content is coming thick and fast and it's one of the uh, only reliefs reliefs we've got in this uh, troubling time with bad news coming in. But hopefully to lighten the mood, we are joined by Lionesses forward, Shannon Drew. Shannon, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? You're welcome. Um, Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, We're going to do, you know, a bit of a look at, at yourself and your background as a player. And uh, your journey into yeah. the Lionesses, hopefully that will keep the listeners happy, you know, with all the bad news that's been going on this week. So I guess we'll start on with, uh, like we have with some of the other girls who've been on, and just kind of a little potted history maybe of how you've made your way to the Lionesses as a player. Okay, um, so uh, last season I was here, um, and how I got it, I knew a few players, um, Maddie Wright, Ellie Langdon, um, Ellis Lund that used to play. Um, and then Maddie message said, um, do you fancy coming over for some training sessions? Um, and I weren't playing for anyone at the at that uh, point in time. So I was like, yeah, um, I'll come over. And then I think it was like two, three weeks later, um, I signed. And yeah, we're here now. Um, obviously, you are, you are, even though you're quite young, um, you yeah. are seen as one of the more senior players where you've been around uh, in the team for a little bit uh, now. Uh, how, how does it feel, you know, how does it feel, Shannon, being one of these players that at the moment people are turning to and, and, and look to, to think, well, you know, the, the likes of like the Alyssa Mirandas, for example, who joined at the end of last season, Oliver Gregory's Caitlin Lewis. Do you feel like you sort of uh, take them under your wing since you yeah, were? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know how they feel. Like, obviously, when I joined, I didn't know anyone. Like, it's... Um, it's I don't know, like, trying to find friends and fit in and everything in a new team. Um, so obviously I know how they feel so making them feel welcome um, yeah it's just a nice feeling really and you make them want to like play come to training and 
obviously the bond's really good. Excellent. And and also as well, Shannon, again, we've touched on it before, but you're you're someone who, as you say, you've, you've got a lot of sort of friends who um, advised you to come to Millwall. What sort of things did yeah. they did they say to you? You know, like you mentioned Maddie there, um, yeah. who's who's now currently at Charlton. But what, what sort of things did they say to you that, that made you think, do you know what, this, this might be worth a punt? Yeah, to be honest, it was more like the level of football. Like all the girls were decent players, like they all could play football. And where I was at um, before... It was more me and my mates were the only decent players. And like, <laughs> not bigging myself up, but like, it was like grassroots football. And obviously, when you come over to a team like Millwall, it's got a name for it. Like, it's a big name. Um, and then you've actually got girls that can like pop the ball around. You can like play with them like properly. Talk about yourself as a as a player, Shannon. So obviously, I saw you first last season, as you said, joined with the Lionesses. And after me, it took me a couple games to quite work out what foot you were. You're obviously playing <laughs> off the left-hand side, but yeah. coming inside, going outside. Obviously, play normally on the left wing that season, and now you're in this new system playing up front. I mean, you had a, a stint in the preseason as a as a as a wing back, which I'm I'm not sure how much you enjoyed that. But you know, where do you see yourself as a, your strongest position? Where do you like to play best? Definitely the left wing. Um, I don't mind play. I used to play up front a few seasons back, and then when I joined Millwall, I was a striker, um, and then Colin put me on the left. And honestly, I think it was the best thing. Uh, I enjoy playing on the left more than I do up front. But, I mean, you just got to adapt and like try new positions, I suppose. Like you say, you've experience of um, playing yeah. up front. But yeah. so this season, you've obviously started a few times with Abby up top. Yeah. Um, how's that partnership getting along, do you think? You know, I think in uh, yeah, really. a few games so far, one of you's dropping off, one of you's going in. How's that going? Yeah. I mean... Um, yeah, I really do like playing with Abby. Like, as soon as she knows how I play and I know how she plays, so, like, we kind of mirror each other. She goes one way, I go the other. And we work quite well together. Yeah, you, you really, really do. And, and you can see, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say straight away it's, like, the, the telepathic partnerships because I believe yeah. it's, still quite, you're, it's still quite early. But you can see yeah. there's, uh, there's obviously the, the potential there, you know, especially with... Definitely. With the, with the Chesson game um, recently, there, there were times where you could see like Abby was holding the ball up for you, um, mm. like looking over the shoulder, laying it off, and then you'd obviously run down that left hand side and cut in. Um, just yeah. just talking about the sort of last year to to this year, um, what what do you feel has changed? You know, like I said, you're you're seen as a reasonably senior member of the squad. Um, you're probably one of the players who, if if anything happened to to Libby or Sean, you would probably be considered for the armband. You know, that's how, or in my opinion, that, that seems to be what, what it is. But what what's the difference, um, would you say, between this year and last year? Not, not just managerial, I'm, I'm talking about the club as a whole, because there's definitely, um, unfortunately, mm. results aside, which we'll touch on, haven't been as consistent as we'd like. But there's definitely a bit of a buzz around the ground at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, there's no... Not everyone's down, do you know what I mean? Like at training sessions, everyone's buzzing. Match day, everyone's buzzing. There's not one part of the squad that someone's feeling low or someone's upset about something. Um, yeah, we're all pretty much buzzing this year. We'll get to, I think, chat about Sunday's game in a little bit. But I just wanted to mention the there's that short documentary about yourself, that, that five-minute documentary on um, YouTube, I think, was done last season, wasn't it? Um it's yeah, a really good that was really insight fun. into your kind of background and how you've got into the club. <laughs> how was that? How did that come about? And, uh, you know, how was that filming that? Um, well, 
one we was at training and Colin said we've got um a documentary guy coming down wants to have a look at the players and then make a documentary on one of the players where they come from and how they got into mill and everything um to be honest I didn't think much of it I thought I'll oh, just train as normal and then Tom uh Tom Taylor approached me and said can I do the documentary on you and I was like yeah of course and then he what did he do he come down to my home area in Essex and then we filmed some footage um at a field near mine and then went to my primary school we come to my home and done the interview and yeah that was pretty much it I was just gonna say you know that that footage in your primary school was quite a good insight for going through the ridiculous number of trophies you won Obviously, at that age, probably playing with boys, like in mixed yeah, teams. And that's then, where um, it all started, really. Yeah, of course. And did you mention playing with your, was it your older brother? Yeah. At yeah. a young age. So where did your football go from there? And how was it finding your feet in the women's game? So obviously, is it at 15, the, the, the age groups have to split? Yeah. So, so How was that changing? Yeah. I mean, as um, I've always loved football since I was young. Like, obviously, I played with my brother. Um, and all of his friends uh, and then primary school we wanted to, I had a friend Chloe that plays with us now Chloe Eastwell she um, she loved football as much as I did so we uh, requested to get our own girls football team we dragged a few girls that don't actually play football we were like you need to make the numbers up so we done that and a few girls actually really enjoyed it and uh, I've stuck to it and then played with the boys we joined the boys team me and Chloe actually first uh, the boys hated it. <laughs> um, Probably because you were better than them. <laughs> yeah, they hated us. <laughs> and then primary school, then secondary school, we made our own girls team again. There was not many girls that actually wanted to play. And then, um, yeah, we actually won quite a few like things, titles and everything. To be honest, you, you touched on Tom there. You know, um, hopefully he, he'll listen to this or he can find a way to listen to this. But um, yeah. I remember um, Tom... Uh, reaching out to me just just before going down to St Paul's, he 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 dropped us an email and we spoke on the phone for a while, and he uh, uh, it's a really interesting one because it, it's quite similar with what Harry Warren's like at the moment, listeners um, and Ryan, in the sense that it, it, you had a young chap who who had dipped his toe into the women's game and and thought about it, but he when he came down to watch the game, I can't remember which one it was now. I think it was our Halloween game. You know, the game where we had everyone all dressed up for a oh, bit of family yeah. day. So I felt like a bit of a burk. I, I had a painted face while I'm trying to do a serious media um, interview <laughs> with him. But, um, but he just got hooked by the club and he just yeah. got hooked by, by everything it was to be like with Millwall. And, and even within sort of like five, 10, 15 minutes, he, he had a real, real passion for the team. And, and and it's amazing, isn't it, really, Shannon, that you, you've got some people which unfortunately um, have this cliche on the women's game. Um, we touched on it with Libby, should I say, last week, um, that some people see it like this, some people see it like that. They see it as women trying to be a men's game and women trying to do this. But it, it's fascinating, isn't it, when you get these people who go down with an open mind, they really do get sucked into the team and, and what, yeah. it's, what it's like um, being, being at Millwall, don't they? Yeah, definitely. And um, unfortunately for for yourself, we've got the infamous section that um, no one now likes. Uh, it's the uh, the teammate section. Oh God! The teammate section. The teammate section. The teammate section. Oh God, indeed. Um, <laughs> so what it is is as you, 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 I'm sure you've heard before, Shannon. Um, 
it is a list of uh, a sort of a describing your teammates in a nice way, which may offend some, but also make some of them laugh. So are you ready? And you must answer. And the default answer for biggest moaner will be Nick Farrell, as always. Okay. <laughs> okay. Describe okay, so, team. Okay. Let me. I nearly need those questions there. So here we are. So the first one, question one: Who's the biggest joker? Uh, biggest Molly. Molly Buffer. She has literally won every single week so far. Um, everyone we've asked. Do we have to get um, her on, Michael. You know, I think we'll no, no, yeah, yeah, we should do really. You, you know what happened is she'll, she'll come yeah, on and she won't say anything. And we'll have all that build up and then we'll be nothing. We'll be um, um, who would you say is the most intelligent? Intelligent? Uh, don't think we've got many. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you can um, mention the press officer of the media team if you wish. <laughs> intelligent? I'm going to have to say Sean. I think. Sean. She's pretty intelligent. Okay. No, indeed. As, as, as we say, it's because she's uh, getting on a bit. Um, who's the funniest? <laughs> funniest, funniest. Oh, Molly's funny. Molly's funny. I feel like Charlie can be funny. New signing Charlie. Good way to introduce Charlie. yourself to the dressing room. <laughs> what was that, sorry? It's a good way to, to get on with your new teammate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, 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 say, just say all the new ones. Um, who would you say, um, this is the best one, who's the biggest moaner? Biggest moaner? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> now, you may be struggling here, Shannon. I think a couple of your teammates have dug yourself that out for me. this. I know. So maybe it's a bit, bit of a chance to get your own back. Yeah. Or, you, or, you, or you could be even more controversial and do what Tom Gale says and blame Sean Daly, the CEO, call him the biggest moaner. But then we probably won't see you again. <laughs> biggest moaner. To be honest, not a lot of the girls moan. Um, I'm just going to say Libby. Because she Libby. Did, did say I was the biggest moaner. She did, didn't she? Libby she and did, Sean. I think. She didn't, she didn't uh, leave too much of a pause as well when she said it. <laughs> yeah. get her back. I'm gonna say she's the biggest moaner. Who would you um? Who would you say is the hardest working? Hardest working. Sean's very hard working. Mm. She um. Sean. To be to be fair to Sean um. To the listeners who haven't gone to the uh gone to games yet um because obviously we've only just started opening doors again um but she Sean even sort of sort of joins in with a half-time team talks doesn't she so she's obviously yeah. not just playing the game but she's obviously trying to sort of like lead as well from side so it is, it is great to see Definitely. um and finally who do you say is the big sister of the group kelly 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 yeah. by far love kelly <laughs> brilliant well thanks for getting through that shannon i, I, shannon, I think Definitely get your own back a couple of a couple yeah. of times. There, you know, <laughs> I think a couple of things to uh, bring up in training, maybe. So um, I think now we can maybe touch on Sunday's game a little bit. What do you think, Michael? Oh. <laughs> yes, do we really want to talk about it? <laughs> I was, was going to say I'll, I'll be conservative and and, um, and uh, let you lead this, Mister Loftus, as you're the more professional sports journalist out there. There we go. So yeah, so it was a a tough game on. On Sunday, mm. it was obviously a really heavy 8-0 defeat to New London Lionesses in the, the FA Cup preliminary rounds. It was very difficult. What? How was it, obviously, on the pitch? Obviously, you know, you didn't have much of the ball. Up no, front. Yeah. It was uh, on the back foot for a lot of the game. How was it? How were the players after the game? How has the reaction been in training? And, uh, yeah, talk us through that. All pretty much fuming. <laughs> um, devastated that we've been knocked out of that cup. But, I mean... We've just got to put it past us, move on and on to the next one, really. But, um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a bad game. <laughs> bad game, to say the least. But, I mean, training, working hard, um, ready for Sunday's game. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, I, I know Michael touched on a bit earlier, but the, it's been a, a rocky enough 
not rocky start to the season, but up and down, obviously, starting off the season with a, a really strong win against Stevenage, who are going to be one of the big title contenders alongside yourselves in the league. How disappointing was it to, you know, crash out of a cup really when when last season there were some really strong cup runs against some really yes. good sides? Was it just a matter of on the day it was um it wasn't quite right? Yeah, no, it just wasn't. I mean, um I, I just didn't come together really. We weren't playing as a team as we sh- like have we have uh, as we have recently. Um to be honest, I don't know what happened. We just all let ourselves down really in a way. Um yeah. <laughs> no, a very bad game. <laughs> I um I, I remember um I remember talking to some people um after the game um from from the committee and from the uh management team. And um even though yes, that, that to be brutally honest, it wasn't the, the the best of results, obviously. Um no. yeah. it, but they they what they they just still showed so much passion towards towards the side and um what's quite what's quite nice for fans listening to this pod at the moment is is quite easily if if you suffer defeats like this you could quite easily sort of like go into your shell and you could quite easily say well oh, you know that might happen again you know this mm-hmm. or like we might expect it again but from phone calls I've had with 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 KE from phone calls I've had with with Nick as well they've like you say Shannon um they've got so much belief in in you all as players they've got so much belief in you all as a club um yeah. and they knew it was an off day we know it was an off day and it's it's just um, it's just so it's just so poetically unfortunate that, you know, the one week we're allowed to bring fans back into some polls, or not the one week, yeah. the first week, should I say, you know, this happens. And and yes, you know, we was normally on the more positive side. Like, these large results can happen in the women's game. You just need to look at the WSL at the moment. You know, West, West Ham, who are a reasonably good WSL side, as much as it pains us as Millwall to say it, you know, <laughs> you know, they're, you know they're being turned over most weeks. and and recently. Had that large scoreline against Arsenal, Bristol City again, yeah. another pretty solid team in the WSL. They had a, a large defeat as well. But one thing I've been it so happened. impressed with, one thing I've been so impressed with as a side is is how that we we we've we've sort of come together and like I said, and you said it as well, with, with training and at training recently, you could have quite easily said, well, do you know what? It's your fault that they scored, or it's your fault that they got past you. Yeah. You didn't put it tackling, but the fact, like you say, you all got together, you've all right decided right, it went wrong. We acknowledge it went wrong. What are we going to do to fix this? And and you've done it. And yeah. and well, I say you've done it, but with the talking's been done, you're now knuckling down and you're working hard. And it's a real testament to you as characters that you know. Hopefully, you'll bounce back from this, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're all bonded as a team. Like we're all really close and. I mean, Sunday just weren't, it just didn't happen for us. Um, But yeah, back in training, back working hard and hopefully a win on Sunday. Yeah, and like you say, we've got a really young squad as we were talking, you know, just before the the game. And so, you know, you can learn a lot in a defeat, I think is the the old Mm. cliche that comes around. But on this occasion, I think it's it's really important and it's it's an honest and true kind of appraisal of the game, really. It's It's a really young squad. A lot of girls playing their first year in, in you know, first team women's football. And, you know, it's it's only going to be a big learning curve for the side, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of us have not had that many fans at a game. 
like mm. as you say, we're all young, and there was so many, there was like a sellout, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's where again we touched on it at the start of the season um, when we first started doing these podcasts, where um, we spoke to Nick Farrell. You know, obviously he would he'd been at the Lionesses for a couple of years, and you know, Katie a couple of years before, uh, Katie had played um, in the youth developments and obviously been around first teams with the Lionesses and. As we said before, the media team had worked with the Lionesses when we was further up the pyramid. So that that's that is such a fantastic point to make, Shannon. And uh, this this probably makes you realise as a squad and as a team, and without taking anything away from you girls, but just how big a club we are. You know, like mm. it is a preliminary FA Cup round with two tier six teams. Three hundred people are there, or three hundred yeah. people bought tickets. Now that shows again results aside. It wasn't great, but this goes back to what we were saying at the start of the season and start of the podcast when Nick and Katie were saying, this is what we want every week. This is what we expect every week. We expect these numbers to come and watch us and we expect the girls to be able to play in front of these numbers. Yes, it, some you can say maybe some players froze or some players may have given off the impression they, they froze, mm. but you know, you're... We have you have seen in a very sort of minute way, obviously due to COVID, we've had to restrict it. But this is the level we want to be at every single week. So it's a, it's, an, it's a fantastic, fantastic learning curve. Yeah, the fans are amazing as well. They actually they were, they kept us going. I'd say they were so loud and like so supportive. And and even this this week coming, I mean, at the moment, you know, we're we're again um, putting the tickets online, and we'll, we'll share the link out as well when we mention it on the show. But even for this week already, you know, we only put out a couple of days ago, we're, we're nearly at 150 tickets already. So yeah. again, you know, we're, we're, we're nearly half the capacity of what's legally allowed under COVID already. And you think most other teams, and this goes back to what you're saying about the size of the club, most yeah. teams have a scoreline <laughs> like that against them. They wouldn't get many people in the next week. No, like we fans will come back. And, and and they're a fantastic fan base. And I'm not saying this just as a Millwall fan or someone who's closely connected to the club. You know, we'll, we'll touch on it at the end of the podcast, obviously, what's going on at the moment with um, fans being allowed into certain stadiums here and there. But I think that with the Millwall Lionesses, it doesn't matter who you support in the past. You know, Sean says she played, she supports West Ham. Chloe said she mentioned Irons. Chelsea. Who would you say you support, Sean? Irons. We won't mention that one as well too loudly, but um, <laughs> but you you feel such a even if you come from all these different backgrounds and all these different clubs, you feel such a connection with the Millwall fans, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Millwall fans are amazing. Well, I, I think Michael didn't want me to bring. Well, he, he said I should bring it up, and I was going to cut you some slack as you joined the fantasy league late. But I could tell you were a West Ham fan with the audacious <laughs> shout to put three players in the team, and I think rightly so because of that. I think you're sitting second bottom in the, uh, the Millwall Fantasy League, even if it is just one week's worth of points. But I think that's, that's rightly so, Shannon. And, uh, you know, what goes around comes around. But, OK, right now we're going we're gonna to go to the post-match interview that myself and Harry Warren did with Katie Whitmore and Sean Fitzpatrick after um, last Sunday's loss to New London Lionesses. We can hear that now. Achtung, Mehlball. So we are here after... A very tough afternoon at St Paul's. Mill Linus is nil, New London Linus is eight in the FA Cup preliminary round. We're joined by Sean Fitzpatrick. Sean, what to say? I mean, what can you say about that game? Um, it's a very disappointing result. Um, I don't think we wanted it enough. Um, and I think, I think the result 
is our fault. So I think it's, it, is a, it is a reflection of our performance and I think we have to we have to take accountability and responsibility for what's happened today. And we just have to knock it, knock it on the head and just go again next week, really. Yeah, it'll be a tough test to, I guess, see, see the response from the side. Obviously, first good result in the league last week. Yeah. How disappointing is it to follow it up with that? Yeah, I mean, every club wants a, FA Cup, a good FA Cup run. So, yeah, it's frustrating to go out so early. Um, I suppose all we can do now is focus on the league because that's the main thing that we want to play for. So that's all we can do really now. Just have to bounce back. Yeah, absolutely. I think you learn more from defeats. I mean, I was there for the 9-0 against Billericay. Yeah. Um, and this seemed a different type of defeat, if that makes sense. Yeah, there was. was no... You know, Billericay were two, three divisions better than us. You mm -hmm. could tell that. Whereas today, there's been individual mistakes. Katie's... You know, giving you a bollocking for a lack of a better word at yeah, half time. Yeah. And for 20 minutes in the second half, I felt we were ourselves. And for the first 10, 15 minutes, it looked like it. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens and it drops again. And I think you, you've touched on it there. You only have yourselves to blame. And I think if yeah. you take ownership for the defeat, that, that's all you can do, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do think um, you, you, can't, you have to concentrate for 90 minutes. So if you have any lapse of concentration, even if it's for 30 seconds, 30 seconds is a goal, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's probably what's happened eight times today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there yeah, is just lapse in concentration. You sleep for a second and then that's it. Um, and especially against a team that can finish. I'm not going to take anything away from them. Um, they can put the ball in the back of the net. So Absolutely. at yeah. the end of the day, maybe you can afford to sleep a little bit when you're against teams that are not of a standard, but they are decent. So, yeah. I think, yeah. I think what's the takeaway is that for the girls from someone outside looking in is that every time we go a goal down, I think we're going to concede three or four. Yeah. I, I don't see, you know, Kate's touched on it in our interviews with her that it's about mentality yeah. and it seems to be when we we don't concede one or two you know it's four nil for quite a while then we yeah. conceded one and it goes eight yeah and it, it's it's whatever needs to switch on within yeah. the side that we're, we're not doing and i think yeah. it'd be remiss of us not to mention that yeah yeah you're right it's a i think it's the motivation um that sometimes we lack or the <clears throat> Togetherness sometimes can can often drop if you're if you do concede one, um, then it becomes about individuals and we do need to work on that. So, I think we need to get into training. Um, I think honestly, I think there was a lack of bravery today, if I'm being honest. I think the they, I think they were older, taller, and braver, louder. Um, our side's very young. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot to learn, especially well, it's a lot to learn for myself, it's a lot to learn for the younger girls as well that, you know, it's difficult being sixteen, seventeen against a twenty four year old that's brave, allowed, I've been playing women's football for eight years. Yeah. So uh, it's not easy, it's a big test. So yeah. I think um it's a lot to learn for all of us. I, I think, you know, you mentioned the the younger players there. Yeah. Obviously as one of the more senior players in the squad, a bit more experience. Yeah. What do you think? Obviously you've probably been for a stage like this and you're you know, football playing career. What do you think the the, the sixteen year olds like Lois? You know, the back, really, really tough for her today. Probably the one, probably one of the best strikers she's come up against. Yeah. In terms of physicality and pace, everything. Yeah. You're alongside her, helping her through it. But what do you think these these young players are going to take from this game? I think you have to you have to take away the um, the uncontrollables basically. So if you are, I'm five foot three. I can't look at a five nine girl and think, oh, do you know what? I'm just not going to win anything. 
I can't think like that because just because she's taller than me doesn't mean she's braver than me, doesn't mean that she's technically better, doesn't mean that she's got any more brain cells than I do. So it's just about mentality. And I think that you have to break that barrier first yeah. because you can't, I can't make myself grow at 27. I can't, no. even when you get to a certain age, you're going to stop growing. Yep. So there's nothing you can do. So you have to, you have to win mentally. You have to win the, the battle off the pitch, I guess, or win the battle off the ball. Yeah. Um, because there's some things that you just can't control. So you can't just give up just because, yeah. oh, she's taller or she's louder or mm-hmm. whatever. You have, to, you have to be able to match what you can, what's within your control. Yeah. I think the takeaway is that with what you're saying there, and I'm sure you'll spread that in the dressing room because I know what you're like. I've seen you all on Twitter talking to the girls. You and Libby sort of run that even on the pitch today, even in the worst moments. Mm. It was you and Libby running the side. But... Even at the end there, you've got their number five knock her teeth out or whatever. You've got them on the ropes there mentally and we don't go in and kill it. No one goes and stands on yeah. her for five minutes and gets her sent off. Not yeah, that yeah, you, yeah. you understand. You've yeah. got the crowd in it for five minutes. Yeah. That's the takeaway that you've got to spread throughout the team. Yeah. Is that when we're at home, you get them on their side. You'll get yeah. someone sent off at this level. You'll yeah. get somebody to snap and it's that simple. Yeah, I agree. I think the difficulty for Katie... Um, I, I can understand this as a coach is that you can coach technical ability all day long you can Absolutely. coach first touch you can t- you can coach formation you can coach style of play it's hard to coach mentality very hard because you that's not always you can't always teach someone that um, and it takes time and there are girls here 16, 17 I'm not saying that today's um, loss was because of the younger girls no, no way um, we, we lost that together as a team but I think that your first year in women's football um, you just haven't built it yet yeah. so you just need to be at a stage where you know um, if you are 16, 17 um, now's your time to learn about yeah. about being brave and, and mentally winning and game managing and putting the ball in the corner flag when you're 1-0 up or I know she's on a yellow so yeah. I watched the Mourinho thing the documentary the other day and he pointed out at half time he's, he's on a yellow he's on a yellow he's on a yellow he's on a yellow and you're going to have to be cruel to be kind basically so yeah yeah get her sent off yeah do you know what I mean you have to but, but that takes experience that's yeah. not something that you just learn in one season yeah. so you have to get to know that and you have to be against 30 year olds that are going to pinch you in your side and do all these sneaky stuff to you and you have to learn that and I think that you know a lot of our squad are just very early in their journey and with time we'll learn Brilliant. Thanks, Sean. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. 
Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Achtung! So, welcome back to Axling Mill Lionesses. We are joined by manager Katie Whitmore after FA Cup preliminary round defeat 8-0 to New London Lionesses. Katie, I mean, initial thoughts, what to say? Disappointed, very disappointed. I'm disappointed with the team. They didn't look like they actually wanted to be out there today. You know, there's talk of, you know, I think with, with interviews you need to be honest and the girls need a little bit of a wake-up call. They didn't want to be there. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. So, for me... I just think we ultimately we did deserve to lose because we didn't put a fight in. Yeah, I think they were a physical side. You know, you can make excuses for the quality of opposition, but I mean, going into the game, it's blind. They're, they're a similar tier, though, and after a good result against a difficult team last week, it's just not what you were expecting from your side, I guess. No, you know, when we talk about in, when, when I've spoken on interviews, my pet hate is complacency and. I said to them at the start, they will lose the game based on complacency and look what happened. I think too many people were, were in that in the squad or in that 11 that were too complacent, didn't really think they had to work for it and it showed and they exposed it, you know, they took their chances and they took their chances well and, you know, there were occasions where Millie did, Millie saved us as well, Millie, you know, it's not all down to your goalkeeper and that's what they need to remember. I think... Um... It's interesting to hear you say that because you said at the end of the interview last week that it was going to give you a selection headache that you needed to leave certain people out and I think I can see in your face that it's that's hurt you in a way because you wanted to see the girls show, repay the faith that they put in you to be picked and um, I don't think they've done that for you. No, you know, it, it has hurt me. It's really hurt me. I'm, I'm a passionate manager and you could see it on the sideline. I am a passionate manager the way, um, you know, we all want a result. And even not about the result, I just want the girls to play the football. I know they can coach. So I am hurt by the players out there today because they, I didn't really make much change to how I started last weekend. And, you know, you should go into that game because of the result last weekend with a little bit of confidence that, you know, the girls can play their football and they just didn't do any of it today. We've, we've been talking like amongst ourselves, obviously the crowd are in today, really good positive numbers and, you know, maybe that puts a bit of added pressure on. But you see at the end of the game, when it was getting a bit feisty, the crowd were getting behind. They were giving the ref some stick and winning some decisions, getting the players booked. And they were generating the atmosphere that for the rest of the game wasn't there. Do you think the girls will learn maybe how to use that crowd? And do you think they kind of missed it today? Yeah, I think so. You know, the girls have, the girls have played to a crowd before. Last season, you hear that they've played to a crowd. So... It shouldn't have been that much of a shock for them. Yeah, OK, we've had a break, but it still shouldn't be that much of a shock. And if the girls want to play to crowds like they are today, then they need to step up and they need to put that work in. They really do. 
think um, you talk about mentality, and I think you can coach, you know, everything in football apart from mentality. And uh, you know, I think to concede goals the way we do, from what I've seen, you know, Billericke, all right, it was the first game of pre-season, but we concede. So when we concede one, you've talked about mentality. We seem to concede two, three, four in quick succession. The second half, we'd sort of after your half time rollicking, we'd we'd dealt with it for 10, 15 minutes. We concede one goal, we concede four goals again to make it eight nil. And I think, you know, it goes back to what you were saying about mentality. And I think, you know, you, you've got to take ownership. And I think some of the girls didn't do that. No, you know, I always talk about accountability. The girls need to be accountable for when they've made errors. It's like I said to them before, we win as a team and we lose as a team. You know, the mentality that they had last week when we, we won as a team, they were buzzing. And like I said to them, usually I, I end quite positively, but today I just couldn't because today, that for me, we like I said, we deserve to lose. And I think they need to go away as a, as a group and think about what they need to, to bring to training and uh, bring to the next game. Yeah, I think, like you say, that you want to be positive and talk about positivity. It's it's hard to, off a game like that, it's hard to get too many positives from it. But, I mean, a couple, you, you mentioned Millie. She, I mean, maybe other than one of the goals, she, she didn't have much of a chance with a lot of them, but she's made a couple blinding saves, especially in the second half. One stretching for the top corner and one massive one-on-one -on -one at, yeah. at both, at, I think, 4-0 that yeah. looked like they were going to spark the game, keep them alive. I thought the changes at half-time or in the early in the second half, three changes made a positive impact. And as soon as that fifth went in, then heads dropped. And as Harry mentioned, it was five, six, seven. Yeah. But there, there were those positives that that mentality was right for times. Millie's obviously positive that, I don't know, I th I, you know trying to take a good shine from the game. Do, yeah. do you think you saw glimpses I think, there? You know, there? Look, we did create some opportunity, so we need to take those positives. You know, when we got the ball down and we played the football, we were passing the ball around well. It was just that final pass or that final push that weren't there. So those are the positives. But unfortunately, in today's game, there are more negatives that we need to take into training. And the girls need to learn that a game is 90 minutes. It's no good giving me just 20 minutes of urgency or 20 minutes of being in the game. They need to stretch it out and they need to do it for that full 90. That's what they did last week and that's how they got the result. And that's what the problem is. Today, they didn't and that's why it went how it did. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a, it's a big job for next Sunday. They've got a very difficult game away at Hutton. Um, you know, a team that are, are going to be going for the league, the same as us. I mean, I heard you say you don't want to talk about the league, but I've got to mention it because we're away in the league. Um, I think Charlotte Casey played well. And I think some of the players who come on in those three subs that Ryan's mentioned will be banging on your door to say, well, I want to be in the side next week. I think I've done enough when I come on. Did anyone, you know? Yeah, you know, I think that performance there just shows that um, everything I've said, that there's a reason that it gets rotated. The squad's big enough, so the girls need to... Maybe this is a little bit of a wake-up call for the girls that have been playing continuously, that you need to step up and it's not just about what they do on a Monday and Wednesday at training, it's about game day as well. And they need to step up if they want to be in that starting 11 or in that squad at all. It, it is a decision for me to make and look, I talk about accountability, maybe I could have changed some stuff as a manager. Could I have changed formation because it weren't working? Could I have made different changes quicker or sooner? You know, but I take accountability for that. Like I said, I'm part of that team and I'm part of that squad. So this loss isn't just about what them players have done on the pitch. It's also about my decision making on the side. And I take accountability for that. But the girls, hopefully, this is a little bit of a wake up call that they need to start putting a bit of a shift in to move forward. 
hopefully back on the track back on the right track next week Katie thank you so much cheers we're back you know that that's it was quite an honest appraisal I have to admit Michael from uh from Katie and from Sean as well I think right off the back of a tough loss and it was a hot day as well as I'm sure Shannon can say but you know the conditions are the same for both teams but I think everyone's temperature and everyone's you know the, the energy levels would have been drained after that game but you know Katie and and Sean both stepped forward to put you know the the the, the money where their mouths are really and, and give us that honest appraisal mm. and, and again it's a it's a testament to Katie as a manager as well um and and also and also sort of Nick Farrell as well with his support of, of the management that they really um that they that Katie could have quite easily have sort of said to you as as external media um or the external media teams you know okay speak to Sean speak to Libby speak to Shannon speak to, but she was like no I'm facing this <laughs> and I know as well that she made a point of actually sort of um saying to Alex and pulling you aside Ryan as well saying no I want to talk about this game I need to learn about this defeat and you yeah. think this is only a second competitive um job in management it's, it's I, I think she's doing incredible I think she's doing absolutely incredible at the moment in her managerial job how have you found um you know Katie coming in Shannon yeah amazing um obviously new management is different obviously yeah like the way she trains is different the way um like we can have banter with her like we all us girls get along with Katie like she's one of us she yeah really good really happy brilliant and I think I think one thing, just one last thing on, on the Sunday's game, I think how keen, say keen, or how you know determined Katie was to make sure that one of the players spoke to us as well was a, a key point. We, you know, we did mention that, you know, should one of the girls not necessarily want to step forward and talk about it, she, you know, they didn't necessarily have to, but Katie was adamant that um, one would, and obviously Sean stepped forward. And I think that shows great character from the squad and from the management because that, you know, she's trying to instill that professional aspect where, you know, regardless of the result, you you kind of do your job at the end of it. But looking ahead now into hopefully more positive uh, pastures, Husson on Sunday is another really, really big game, Shannon. They were yeah. unbeaten as well last season. And because yeah. of the, obviously, curtailment of the season, you know, there was no opportunity for the Lionesses to play them. So, you know, you haven't played Husson. They were really good last season so this is a really big game to be honest me and Chloe used to play for Hutton um before I joined joint Millwall I was at Hutton um so I know majority of the girls anyway um yeah definitely a big game but I think um like I think we'll beat them <laughs> love that brilliant <laughs> Michael, how do you see it going on Sunday? Um, well, firstly, I like your enthusiasm, Shannon. Um, but um, I, I think this is this is a real, real tough game because um, obviously, as part of the media team, we need to look at other results. You know, we we put league tables up and we say who's done well here, who's done well there, and obviously, yeah. it's our job to to sort of like not just sell the game, but but, you know, report on how it's going. So we need to see how other teams are doing. And, and Hutton was always one of those. Um, and I know you spoke with your uh, enthusiasm there, Shannon, on whether we'll beat them or not. But um, yeah. they, <laughs> they, they they were kind of in a bit of a false position because I believe they were fourth or fifth before the league null and voided. But they'd actually, they was unbeaten like Mill. Um, they hadn't yeah. lost the game. And their goals against Colin was uh, very impressive, if I have to say. So... 
Um, I, and I think we was was it only a week or two away from playing them before lockdown kicked in? We was we was meant to play them, um, but it it got rained off. We was meant to play them away, but it yeah. Got rained off. Yeah, and, and there was a few other times with our cup runs, yeah. wasn't it, where our where our cup games went in place of the league fixture. So it was a bit yeah. like fate how we sort of kept missing each other. But yeah. I, 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 I said to Katie at the beginning, and I said to Nick at the beginning, and I've even said to fans in the turnstiles, you know, I've said it to Brian and I've said to Harry, um, that I believe that the first three games of the season were huge um, for mm. us. And I think if you had a choice of picking them, if you was a fan, you probably wouldn't have chose those three straight off the bat. Yeah. But um, I, I do think that Hutton is probably the hardest game out of the three. So I think that, yeah. again, if you fans are listening to this um, before Sunday, um, um, Nick Nick Hart does exceptional uh, editing this and putting this out in time. But if both teams are on their day, you will see an exceptional, exceptional game of football. And yeah. I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah, it definitely is going to be our hardest game of the season because we haven't played them. We don't know what they're like. Mm. But, I mean, yeah. we go into the games, we go into every other game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you too, listener, can be at that game. Obviously, a lot of news circulating around with the COVID spikes and the you know the cancellation of getting fans back into stadiums. But that hasn't affected Lionesses, has it, Michael? And as we've touched on the sellout crowd that we had last Sunday, the tickets are already selling really, really well for this week. The, the amount of effort that's gone in to make sure these games are safe and able to be put on with 300 people coming to St Paul's to to watch the team. It's just excellent to see some fans watching some foot, live football, isn't it? Yeah, it really, really, really is. And, you know, we've had to jump through um, a lot of hoops to get these games on um, and ensure that the girls are able to to play. And um, just before we go, I mean, um, something that's close to us, not just as a club, but as fans as well, I'd just like to put out there um, to sort of like go across the streams if you will, just just the hard work that Millwall Football Club um, has done um, over the last several weeks um, to to get the den um, fully COVID secure. I mean, we worked hard, but you could just imagine the work those those guys put in. Mm. Um, so, you know, Millwall Millwall as a, a men's team and Millwall as a women's team have tried absolutely everything to ensure our fans remain safe. And uh, in the absence of the men's game, you know, we uh, we sort of like our heart goes out to them, and we'll even more so be playing for the badge even more than we have been recently. Yeah. And one last plug before we do wrap up. Mr. Harry Warren, you know, we've mentioned a few times, Michael, how he's got the Lionesses bug. And uh, he has made his directorial debut, hasn't he? He's uh, launched his Lionesses TV channel. No copyright infringement intended. Um, And it's, you know, it's it's a really big statement of his commitment and enthusiasm for getting behind the team, isn't it? No, it is. It really, really is. And and those who have seen the footage yet, it's really well done. It's got a real sort of a real sort of like authenticity to it. But um no, it's really, really good. Harry unfortunately messaged me and he was like, Oh, I'm a bit like the editing still needs work. You know, it's not bad for a first draft. But I thought for a guy who's who's gone to gone to St Paul's and he's recording the game and he's managed to get some goal mouth action and, you know, the girls playing football, it's it's a really, really good little uh, channel, and I do do tell people to uh, like, share, and subscribe. As a <laughs> youth of today, say with YouTube. So there you are, listeners. Go out and find that. Go out to the Lionesses Twitter as well, and book your tickets for this Sunday's game. It is sure to be an absolute cracker, even if it is raining sideways. Uh, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on. It's really great to speak to you. And uh, you're welcome. Thank you.
Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Thank you again, Michael. I hope you have a good week, a less stressful week getting this game, uh, you know, COVID ready. And all that is left to say is, uh, Shannon, you can wrap up for us. (laughs) Bye for now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.